We are so glad that you're here. If we only get the chance to tell you one thing, it's this. Give yourself some grace. We want to help you redefine failure and break down the intentional, internal work that it takes to know and love who you are. So that you can stop worrying about what other people think of you. Create consistent habits and thoughts that are going to serve you. Experience more peace and less anxiety. And confidently show up as your true self. I'm Jenny. I'm Joe. And this is Of Progress and Purpose. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Confession session? Yes. All right, who wants to go first? You. <laughs> All right. My confession is a little bit of a lame confession, but I got my shot. Well, my first shot. Anyway. <laughs> um, and so far, I haven't been turned into anything unnatural, uh, so that's good. My side effects were mainly I just had a really sore arm. <laughs> but we've heard the second yeah, the second dose it... I heard, heard is is where it gets a little dicey. But yeah, first dose went good, but it was unusually my arm was unusually sore. Like you get a flu shot and you're like, oh, my arm's sore. But this was like I couldn't sleep on my left side sore, and it's still I can feel it a little bit. It's been two days now, so yeah, but it's mostly gone away. So well that. Gives me something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was funny because I posted on my Instagram stories, I said, so I just want to know which uh, alphabet agency I needed to contact to find out when I can expect my runs to auto-upload to Strava. And then I said, is that the same agency that is in charge of the Brainiac nanites and the genetic resequencing? Is that a different thing? And nobody thought it was funny. <laughs> like, I even put a little picture of a syringe there to, you know, to reference that I was talking about the vaccine. And, like, two people gave me a laugh react. So, apparently, a second side effect is nobody thinks your vaccine jokes are funny. Okay, but I thought it was funny after you explained it to me. It's just that you use such big words. <laughs> I need you to elaborate. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, I think it's a side effect that your jokes aren't funny all of a sudden. So beware. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, my confession, we'll see what Joe has to say about this, is that I am a very grumpy hiker. You are a grumpy hiker. <laughs> Sometimes I post these nature pics of like, look at this beautiful hike that we went on. So this and is after she's had 36 <laughs> hours to forget how much she hated it. <laughs> I was so mad at Joe. We, <laughs> we went hiking for Martin Luther King Jr. Day because he had the holiday off. And I've got like my 50 pound, well, 30 pound child on my back, right? And so I'm sitting here like, this is a backpack friendly hike, right? And he's like, oh yeah. And then all of a sudden at the end of the longest road ever, we get to like this giant, I'm talking at least four stories worth, if not more, of stairs. <laughs> not regular stairs, but little rock stairs that people put into the mountainside that are just a little bit taller than my legs can climb. 
and my mom's behind me trying to lift the backpack to give me some leverage to get up. Meanwhile, Joe's cruising and he's almost to the top of the stairs and I am looking at his back shooting daggers and my mom is like... I can feel them through my back. <laughs> my mom is like, I'm sorry, Jenny. If I could, I would carry the backpack for you. I said, Mom, my anger is directed elsewhere right now. <laughs> so mad at Joe. I was like, this is not family friendly. This is not backpack friendly. And I'm never trusting him again. And so I was really out of breath and really tired. But then on top of that, after he makes it to the top of the stairs, he's up there like smiling and looking down at us. And I'm so upset at this point. There's this family at the top that is waiting for us because it's taking me so long to get up this giant thing of stairs with the backpack. And they're all giving me these pity looks and they were so nice and so like, oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so impressed. Meanwhile, Joe's oblivious to the fact that I'm dying and I'm so mad at him. Anyway, I'm a really grumpy hiker. Well, Confession. Here's the funny thing is that sometimes you say hike and my definition of hike is different than your definition of hike, <laughs> I think. You know, there's going to be some elevation change. Whereas lots of other people, when they say hike, they're thinking like stroller path. But I think those are different things. They are different. But <laughs> the new rule is you can challenge me on date night when we don't have the kids and I don't have to carry something. That's true. I guess I was basing it off the fact that we had done the Snow Canyon Overlook Trail, which is longer and more difficult. And that was... That was longer yeah. and more difficult. I, I run out of shape faster than you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we get into our episode here? Yes. Our affirmation for today's episode is, I know and love who I am. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, it was super unplanned and helpful that Amber gave us a really great introduction into what identity crisis and figuring out who you are looks like. But today specifically we're talking about story versus identity, like the story that we tell ourselves versus who we actually are. And I don't know about you guys, but I do this thing where I take neutral facts and I make them mean something about me. <laughs> Just cracking a smile over there. But for example, like my neighbor will knock on the door while I'm still wearing my pajamas. That's a neutral fact, right? Meanwhile, my head is like, oh, she probably thinks I'm a couch potato. Am I a couch potato? What have I done today? I need to be more productive. And then my daughter walks by with her hair like totally tangled because she hates brushing her hair. And I think, oh, wow. She really hates brushing her she hair. She hates it. I like never do her hair. Yeah. I don't. People probably think that she's homeless, but there I go again, turning a neutral fact into into something that means something about me like I should have brushed that and I need to explain to this person how much Rosie hates doing her hair and then they'll understand that I'm still a good mom because I am right and so it just like spirals this story that we choose to believe about the neutral facts in our lives can get a little out of control and sometimes it does that for our benefit for example if I take the same set of facts, my neighbor knocks on the door while I'm in my pajamas 
I can laugh at myself. I can think, she must think I'm pretty laid back. Maybe she wants to come over and hang out sometime because I'm looking for that kind of friend that is like, hey, you want to come chill while we fold laundry and watch our crying children because I'm not a very good hostess. So I just feel like maybe that's the impression I'm giving. So that's a good thing. <laughs> um, or if my daughter walks by with her hair all tangled, I can think kids are such a who. I am grateful to be a mom and I'm grateful for other moms in my life and I know that this mom gets it, you know? So essentially, it's the thought model in action, right? Circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. But that's not where I'm going to go with that today. What I really want to talk about is that story versus identity. If I believe I'm a bad mom because my thoughts aren't serving me, is that true? Is that actually who I am? Or is it just a story? And if I believe I'm a fantastic mom because I do all of the right things and I affirm myself at all of the right times, is it true? Um, and that's kind of tricky because you are fantastic and those thoughts do play a part in identity. And thinking thoughts that serve us is a really good start. But when we start to use facts to try and interpret our worth, we fall into that trap of earning our worth and just trying to line it up with the right set of facts so that we can be worthy. If I'm dressed, if my house is spotless, if the hair is braided and the dinner is cooked and, and everything is perfect, then dot, dot, dot. And so kind of what I wanted to get at today, and I hope that Joe has some thoughts on this because I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks now, and it's hard if the story that we tell ourselves isn't identity, what is? Where do we start? How do we start to figure out who we are? I don't think that you can completely divorce your actions and behaviors from who you are. Uh, because I think that those things do, there is a feedback loop there and they do define you to some extent. Um, it reminds me of the quote from, uh, is it Batman Begins or one of the Dark Knight movies where he says, it's not who I am inside, but what I do that defines me. And I don't necessarily think that's a hundred percent true, but I think there is some truth in that, that who you are inside should dictate your actions. And if your actions aren't lined up with who you are inside, then maybe you aren't, you know, who you thought you were. So I think there's some things there to kind of unpack. But at the same time, we also have to recognize that we're not always going to be 100% capable of acting in the ways that completely align with our values every single time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, none of us is perfect. But we do need to be cognizant of that. And the little decisions in your life is kind of what makes the difference. It's not so much about the big things and and having the dinner ready on time or being the superstar at work or whatever it is. It's about who am I becoming? What are my little individual day-to-day -day decisions leading me towards? Yeah, and I think that you put it really well when you said it's not that our actions dictate who we are, but our actions reflect stem from who we are yeah. 
I think so many times we get it backwards where we define who we are based on the way that we're acting rather than decide who we are and act the way that we want to act. So it's almost passive, allowing things to happen to us rather than choosing how we want to show up. Yeah, that's really it. Because a lot of times we want to put the cart before the horse. And I think it's human nature. We don't want to be responsible for our actions a lot of times. We want to blame our circumstances or whatever for the way that we're acting. And then we want to say that, well, because I act this way, this must be who I am. But we need to put the horse back in front of the cart and we need to say, this is who I am or at least who I want to become. Therefore, I need to act in this way. And it's okay that I'm not always going to be perfect at that. I'm going to give myself some grace in that. I'm going to be okay with making mistakes. But I'm going to recognize that there's a place that I want to be. And if I want to get there, I need to do certain things. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time we start out that way. We start out saying, okay... This is who I am. This is who I want to be. This is what I have to do to get there. And then along the way, it kind of becomes more about the to-do list and we forget the foundation. I know that happens to me because I get so wrapped up in like the daily, am I working out? Am I doing this? And we lose the why. And I think that when we lose that why, that's when identity crisis comes in because we're like all of the sudden... I'm doing this whole list of things that feels like shoulds and it no longer feels like it's something that I intentionally decided or even when, like Amber talked about last week, sometimes your aspirations kind of get pulled out from under your feet and if you don't have that why to fall back on, then it feels like, oh shoot, I'm not a runner, what am I? Because it was never about running to begin with, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's a really important point, too. I have a couple things I want to say. First of all, I think that's a really important point because um, we have to make sure that when we're setting those aspirations or expectations for ourselves and we're deciding who it is that we want to become, I think, we, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, it's really important to look at our values and basically strip away all those external things like I want to be a runner that might be something that we want to do like that's something that I want to do but that's kind of more of a surface feature of the actual value that we're that we're trying to to act out and live and so we need to get down to the very basic core value and and when we can do that it can manifest in different ways and we can um it allows us more freedom i guess is what i'm saying to reach that goal but in a way that um is possible and serves us and flexible yeah yeah so that was one thought i had the other thought i have is that there's kind of two extremes that i see a lot and one is this self-destructive, you know, oh, I'm never good enough, and we expect perfection out of ourselves and stuff, and that's problematic on that end. But on the other end, there's a tendency, I think, in in society to 
react against that and go too far the other way where we're saying like, oh, anything I do is just fine and um, that's just who I am and I don't really need to aspire to be anything different. And I think that's problematic as well because we never get anywhere. If we're not progressing to somewhere, we're regressing and we're going to end up regretting that in the long run because we're going to be the same in the same place in 20 years, you know, or or we'll have even fallen backwards, you know, and we'll look at our lives and be like, what could I have become? Mm -hmm. I have a question about that. But really quickly, it reminded me of a quote from Monica Packer that she always says, and this is the first time that I've ever thought of it this way, but it totally flipped my perception of growth. Because you guys know how passionate I am about growing with grace and that we need to have that foundation of self-compassion. But also, I can fall sometimes to the apathetic side because I get so overwhelmed from being on the perfectionism side and I just toggle between the two. And Monica says, do something rather than all or nothing. It's my favorite quote. I tell that to myself at least once a week, if not more, because my self-talk gets in my head and it makes me want to do either all or nothing. And I have to remember that something is an option. So I like what you said, that it doesn't have to be that all or nothing. Yeah. It's like driving a car with a standard transmission, which for most of you, that means a manual. Um, <laughs> a stick. Yeah. A, or a stick. Yes. So those of you who are familiar with driving a stick shift, you have to be in the right gear, right? If you're in too low of a gear, your engine's just going to rev and you're going to throw a rod, but you're, you're going to be going slow and, and you're never going to really get anywhere. But if you have too high of a gear, you're, you're going to stall out because you just can't maintain that, you know, your engine's not powerful enough to keep you going so it's all about selecting the right gear <laughs> I like that but here's my question and maybe that uh, analogy will hold over because I've been reading the slight edge and we kind of talked about this the other night but you said just barely if you're not progressing then you're regressing mm -hmm. I want to know is that true is it true that if you're not moving forward you are moving backward is it possible to stand still I don't think so because I think that in the world that we live in, there's just always opposition. There's always an opposing force. There's entropy, right? And things tend towards chaos. And if we're not actively ordering our lives, then our lives will descend into chaos. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. He had in this book, he had a quiz where we had to select with our marriage and our health and our finances and all of these things, are you up or down? And you couldn't say like, oh, I'm doing so-so, or oh, I have been up in the past, I've made mistakes. You just had to just pick yes or no, up or down. And I was kind of freaking out at that. Like, <laughs> is it true that I'm either up or down in one of those areas? Maybe not all at once. That's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Well, I think there's definitely like, there's a velocity component to it, right? So you can be up 
or you can be really up, you know, but <laughs> I don't think that there's a middle. Like, you know, you're, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. And I think it's just because life is just that way that it's, there's always something pushing against you. And if you aren't pushing back, then it's going to push you over. That not making a choice is making a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I like what you said, though, because I think having a spectrum is a little bit easier to manage. And I think sometimes we feel like we are on the down because we're not celebrating our successes along the way that just really small stuff can flip your direction because it's small things, small wins over time. Yeah, and really I think not only are small things capable of changing your direction, but I would say that in the long run, that's really the bigger deal is the small things that you're doing. Because I recently watched a part of a lecture by Jordan Peterson. I know I quote him a lot, but um, I really like what he had to say, which is that this, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, the things that you do every day are by far the most important things that you do. Because that's the things that you do every day. That's what your life is, is the things that you do every day. You know, you can go out and do something great one day, and if you never do it again, like big whoop. Mm -hmm. But the things that you do every day, get up and make your bed and do the dishes. And, you know, <laughs> all of those things, those are the things that make your life what it is. Mm -hmm. So those are the most important things. Yeah. Because there's so many of them. Yeah, I like that. And I think... It's like you said, we can't completely unmarry identity from actions because they are so closely related. But it's kind of like that episode, I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes for you guys, um, where we talked about zooming out and zooming in, that there's a balance between, okay, I'm focusing on the small, little, daily to-do list and... I'm focusing on the big picture and the why. And I think you do kind of have to catch a glimpse of both on a regular basis in order to be successful in figuring out who you are. It's kind of like in education, in, in curriculum development. When I'm designing a course or a curriculum that I'm going to put a student through, I start with what I call terminal objectives. Like, what are the big, essential, main things that I want this student to be able to do once they get done with the curriculum? But then I break that down into some performance objectives and I say, okay, what criteria do they have to meet to have met that terminal objective? And then I further break down those performance objectives into what's called enabling objectives. And these are the little tiny minute things that they have to be able to do in order to meet the performance objectives, which then results in them meeting the terminal objective. So, you know, I'm breaking it down into just teeny tiny tasks that are really small. And it, what you were saying reminded me of that because it's like, you have these core values that are part of the identity of the person that you want to become. Um, and these are fairly abstract values because you want to be flexible in how you approach those and how they manifest. But at the same time, then you need to break it down into what are the small actions that are going to get me there. 
Yeah. And I think in different seasons of our lives, each of those components can feel overwhelming. Because I know for me, if I'm focusing on just the small actions, on the one hand, it's nice because I don't have to like become superwoman overnight. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, in my head, I'm like, oh, I have 50 different things to do and I lose focus. But if I can bring it back to that big why and say, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And I think you were the first person to teach me this. When I freak out about losing loved ones because I do that and I just get anxiety about unrealistic things sometimes and sometimes it happens but you can't live in fear and I remember telling Joe like I don't know what I would do without you I don't know what I would do without family I don't even know what that would look like to move forward and he said you have to come up with what your meaning is in life and I think that that is kind of that core value component that when we know, okay, I, I really value connection. I really value being of value to someone. Then when we go through loss and when we go through adversity, we can translate that a little bit. And so it lends itself to not only being able to endure, and I feel like endurance and resilience are different because endurance is in the moment, pressing through. And resilience is after the moment, in survival mode, where are you going to go from there? How are you going to choose to respond? And I think that if we can keep that dual perspective, it's going to help us stay in more alignment, even when, appropriately, the winds and the rains and the storms. (laughs) The hail and the mighty winds shall beat upon you. (laughs) You know, you're going to be able to fall back on I know and love who I am and I know what I'm holding on to. Yeah. And then I think the last thing really is just there is a piece of us that is inherently worthy that just, I don't know a better way to say this. Amber said it so perfectly last week, just allow yourself to be. I think that sometimes we kind of have to tap into that, whether it's through meditation or prayer for us you know faith is a big part of that but knowing that you're inherently worthy and remembering regardless of whatever happens you're worth saving and not losing that hope yeah yeah i agree so hopefully that on the fly discussion was helpful for you guys and for our one-liner today you get to choose who you are and you do that on a daily basis So for our general prompt, we're going to have you work through this exercise that I suggested earlier in the episode, which is to identify one core value or characteristic that is embodied by the person you want to become. And then identify what would a person who had this characteristic or core value do, and then break it down even further to what daily actions do I need to take in order to be able to do that. Right, so kind of three tiers, that overarching core value, what that person does, and what you need to do to be able to do that. Yes. I like that. And for your homework, follow up on that and start doing some of those smaller steps and remembering that bigger why at the same time and see if that dual perspective helps. Yeah. And then for some of our takeaways today, 
Number one, know who you want to be before worrying about the to-do list. Number two, don't fall into the trap of all or nothing. Number three, the things that you do every day are the most important things. Number four, know what your meaning is and what you're holding on to. If you want to build resilience and endurance, you need to know your why. And number five, you are already inherently worthy. We'll see you next week. Spread love. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Tell us how the journal prompts are going for you, what you learned, or what you need the most right now. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Of Progress and Purpose. And if you ever think of someone who might like to hear us think out loud too, feel free to share the podcast with a friend. It doesn't matter how you do it. Most of all, thank you for being part of our community. We know your time is valuable and we hope you love spending it here as much as we love having you. See you next week. Well, my confession is kind of lame. Goodness. Do not disturb. I'm, like, I'm glad this family is grateful for the work that I'm putting in because you are just not getting any tonight. But I probably will take that out of the podcast. <laughs> you can totally leave that in. That's funny. Our affirmation for today's episode is... Oh... I'm going to have to come up with new affirmations. <laughs> because if you get too wrapped up in one, ooh, thunder. There's a rainstorm going on for those of you. <laughs> it's our first one in several months. We're grateful for the rain. <laughs> yeah, and I lose focus. That's so crazy.